0: Good evening, and welcome to the Arista Gamer podcast for September 2012. I am Colby, and joined uh, as always by Casey and apparently AIM. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this month we're going to be uh, without uh, the Colonel, but we do have some really good topics for this month. We also have a couple bits of news to announce. Um, it's pretty sweet. First off, I'll go ahead and just get this out of the way so that everybody knows. Um, our piece of content that's coming up on Wednesday is going to be on Torchlight 2. Uh, now if you're like, hey, I didn't know that Torchlight 2 came out, it hasn't! Um, we actually, one of the sites that we partnered with, Original Gamer, and those guys are great, um, they actually got two CD keys from the developer, and so, uh, we ended up getting one of them, and we got to play the early, the early release version of Torchlight 2, and the review will be up on Wednesday, so, there you go. That is ten kinds of awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Those guys are really nice. No kidding. So, why don't we go ahead and get into it. First, um, big news is that the Wii U is now being released in... Okay, there's a lot of things about this that are strange, but the Wii (sighs) U is being released in America in uh, November 18th of this year. Pre-orders are already up at GameStop and places like that, so Mm -hmm. there you go. Um, You know, I think that it comes in two different bundles there's the original bundle which uh has just the console and the gamepad and then there is the upgraded bundle which is the console and the gamepad in black with recharging stations for the gamepad and wimotes i believe and with a copy of nintendo land uh so i think nintendo land is going to be kind of there this is what the wii you can do kind of tech demo like wii sports was yeah except that they made the um I think probably the wise decision of actually including um, uh, Nintendo first-party IPs in it, so you can play in, um, I think you can play, like, uh, let's see, Zelda, like Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Mario, obviously. Donkey Kong? I think. Donkey Kong. Um, I think, uh, oh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Animal Crossing.
1: Right, Animal Crossing. Uh, uh, Pikmin 2, I think, right? No, 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 no. Uh, Luigi. It was Luigi's Mansion. That was one of the mini games that was in there. Sure, I
0: don't. I don't quite remember, but yes, that sounds right. I'll go with that. Um, so, as you would expect, I yes, indeed have already reserved mine. Um, I reserved the special pack um, because, I mean, black just matches everything in my living room a lot better, and uh, that's that's really why I got it. That's not true. Um, I actually kind of want to play Nintendo Land, uh, but don't tell How anybody. Dare How dare you? I know, really, but. Um, so here's the strange thing about all of this coming out is that it's coming out in America on the 18th. It's coming out in Europe the same week. It's coming out in Japan, December the 7th. What? Weird, right? This is. I think this is the first time a major console has been released in America and like before it comes out in Japan. Especially since it's made by like a Japanese company. You would think that that doesn't make any sense.
1: Ah, uh, I could see it if they want to get quick surplus off of all the pre-orders uh made or gamestop if they get if they get a really large amount of money from that then i could see them wanting to release it first and then see how it goes well either that or what i'm thinking is there may be some
0: sort of uh some sort of red tape issue having to do with the government or maybe they need to file different SKU names or numbers with their uh with their country and it's taking a little bit longer than it did in america
1: yeah yeah that's probably be true It's
0: probably some guy like me who's working for Nintendo, and they're like, all right, everything's set to be released in uh, in Japan November 1st, right? And they're like, oh, oh, you said November. Oh, no, Uh, I put down December. Whoopsie. Yeah, so we're actually going to be getting the game uh, console before Japan. Uh, as always, uh, is going to be a tradition from now on. If we get a new console, I will take video of me and probably some other people playing some of the games, probably Nintendo Land, uh, showing off some of the specs of the hardware, just talk about how good the console is, give a short review on it. Um, and luckily that only happens once, or I guess three times every, I don't know, 10 years or so, so we'll be okay. Uh yeah. so yeah, that's that's the news on the Wii U. Uh there's also what I thought was the best thing about Wii U uh so far with the announcement was TV T-V-I-I. uh by the way, A the stupidest name ever. B probably the coolest service on Wii U. Um T V allows excuse me, allows you to hook up to your TV, your uh your DVR and Netflix and Hulu Plus and Amazon Instant Video. And so instead of going to each one of those services individually, what you can do is you can search for a particular show. So say, I want to watch Community. I can type into my Wii U Community, pull up the show, and it will give me all the options for watching Community. So it'll say, you know, uh, you can watch it live right now on ABC or whatever network uh, Community comes on, Uh, or you can watch all these episodes you already recorded to your DVR, or you can watch it on Netflix, season one or two, or you can buy slash rent the episodes from Amazon Instant Video at uh, at 299 and so, yeah, it's really cool that you get all of these options, and you can pick from them from the gamepad. You don't even need to have the TV on, necessarily, uh, although the gamepad also does control your TV. I don't know if anybody really picked that out and thought it was important, but you can, uh, with your gamepad, it's got the uh, IR bar on it, so you can turn on, turn off your TV channels, volume button, all that, so not only does it connect to your TV, but If you want to, that can actually be the first thing you turn on in the morning. Or, you know, after you get home from work, you're like, I really want to watch some house. And so you turn on your gamepad and you look and you're like, okay, well, it looks like uh, Netflix actually has house season two and three. So I can probably just watch that, then turn on your TV from your gamepad and, you know, start streaming it.
1: Yeah. And can you also stream to the, uh, to the controller?
0: Uh, That I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suspect that that's something that they have probably thought about um but it would be really nice especially if I'm not mistaken the gamepad does have a headphone port so yeah. if they could stream all of that content directly to um the gamepad that would be awesome because then that opens up the possibility for excuse me somebody to have Netflix in their hand or you know Hulu Plus in their hand yeah. and uh You know, not have to have a tablet, you know, just buy the one gaming console, and all of a sudden, oh, it kind of comes with a tablet, sort of.
1: Yeah, and then you can – if you can watch – like, if you can watch Hulu, say you can log into TV with your controller and watch Hulu on that screen, and then somebody else can play – somebody else can watch something else on the TV or whatever. I think that would be a great kind of – similar to that – similar to what they showed off with uh, playing something like we – like playing Super Mario Brothers on your controller while they turn off the TV – like, that would be a step in providing that kind of service where it's like, oh, two people can be in the same room doing two separate things. You don't have to fight for the, for the TV or fight for the remotes or fight for whatever.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they did already show off that tech um, so that it is possible to pull a game from the TV and put it on your gamepad and vice versa. But um, I don't know if they're specifically going to be able to do it with Netflix and everything else that's streaming um, or with right. the TV. Hopefully right.
1: they'll be able to. I would like that. That'd be cool, but I th- I think that this is definitely uh the probably a big step in uh getting getting the consoles in in the in the homes. Kind of similar to how the three hundred and sixty boasts about their giant like live center of like sports and music and videos. This is this, I think this is Nintendo's step in being like get get your the console in your home and then you can buy all the amazing games that go with it.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think it's um Nintendo is actually trying to think about this as a media hub because they obviously made a really big slip up. Uh actually I ran into this problem uh, earlier last week. Um fee came over to my house and he was like, well, I can't take my 360 because it's the only thing that plays DVDs and my parents want to watch movies. And so I was like, well, why don't you, I mean, you do you have another DVD player? And he was like, no, wait a second, doesn't the Wii play DVDs? And I was like, surprisingly, no, all the games are on DVDs, but it doesn't play them. It has all the capabilities in order to do DVDs. They just did not want to pay that licensing fee. And he was like, this is just the stupidest thing. So yeah I think I think Nintendo last generation obviously didn't place a generation or it didn't place emphasis on media. They obviously didn't care, uh, which is fine. but I think now they're sort of realizing, hey, um, people like to buy these services from Xbox. Some people actually buy Xboxes just to stream Netflix and you know do sports and stuff. So
1: yeah, I mean I know, I know I use my 360 all the time for Netflix and Hulu Plus when I'm like uh, trying to do stuff in the living room or whatever and I'm cleaning. Putting on Community, Hell's Kitchen, anything else is a great – it's a great service that you can have.
0: Yeah, and um, Cupcake actually brings up a good point that you can hack the Wii to play DVDs. You used to be able to hack it with hardware to do that. Uh, Now I I believe you can actually um, plug in a USB stick and do it. But whose mom is going to do that? Um, It's unfortunate that, you know, you have this machine that's completely capable and you have to hack it to do what you want it to do. It's kind of like buying an iPhone. Um it's kind of sad. so uh, yeah I think I think that's about where the Wii is. Um, I think now the Wii U uh, they're starting to improve on it and they also have a really interesting media sharing service. so not only do you get to like watch your TV shows and everything, but you can post to this public forum on Wii U about this show or to your friends about it and so your friends can update and you know take a look. I don't know how widely used that's gonna be, but I know that if say I get stuck on a certain part, in a game, I can, um, I can, you know, pull up the thing about the about the game and be like, oh, I see, I was actually supposed to in in Skyward Sword, I was actually supposed to get this thing before I went over to this place, or oh man, I actually drank the red potion on accident. Do I need to go back and get another one? Oh, it turns out I do. Um, so it's nice, you know. Yeah, I think I, that's
1: nice. Let's. Uh, do you want to move on and talk about the games that are coming out for it? Because there's a lot of games. Uh yeah, actually, that that would be good. um So I
0: know Nintendo Land. Um, there's also some games that I'm really excited about, the fir- chiefly of which, I mean, I'll go ahead and let you start rattling them off after this, but Bayonetta 2 is oh coming exclusively to the Wii U. That is incredible to me. That blew because my mind. Bayonetta was great. I love Bayonetta. Um, I played it a lot. Uh, I beat it. I thought it was a really fun, smart kind of game. It was definitely, obviously, overly sexualized, but that was what it was supposed to be, so I'm okay with that. But... Uh, I, I really like I really liked Bayonetta. It was a really fun game. So to see that they're going to come up with a sequel specifically for Wii U is going to be ridiculous. And what what games are you excited about there, Casey? You don't have a mic talking. Yep. So while you get your mic issue sorted out, um, so God, what were the other games that were for it? I know that they were. They had that Zelda Tech demo, but that's that's a game that's not going to be out at least for the next two to three years, um, which is unfortunate. I know that they have Pikmin three. Um, Pikmin three, I think, is actually coming out on the Wii, but I think it's also playable on the Wii U. I think there's some functions back and forth. I have to read a little bit more into that. Um, so let me actually pull up the list uh, while. Casey's actually trying to finish his mic. Um, I'll start pulling up the list uh, to talk about the games that we can, but for the rest, I guess we can also finish up the hardware talk. Um, so not only can you, uh, not only can you now um, play the games uh, and, and stream all the media to your console, you can also look up hints for each game. So like, I, like I said earlier, the, the media sharing service, instead of just looking up on the forum too, they have built-in hint guides, which is that's uh, Nintendo's patent that we saw earlier. It was a, uh, there was, I think, it was a few years ago, where built into the game there was a hint guide system to where it wasn't telling you the answers, but it was like, let's eliminate the need for you having to go to GameFAQs to actually figure out this puzzle. So that's nice. How's your how's your mic there coming there, Casey? And it's not okay. All right, that's fine. So I don't know. So I think the Wii U is going to be a really good game, a really good game console for this generation, except for the hardware. Now the hardware. They're going to be able to sell it at a lower price, and they're going to be able to make a better profit off of it. They're going to sell it for, I think, 349 for the upgraded package and 299 for the base package. Um, th- that's going to include current-gen uh, console graphics, and I-, I, guess, I guess as far as gameplay and everything goes, it's going to be pretty much identical. Um, so you're going to be able to port games easier to it. You're going to see games like Assassin's Creed 3, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, though I don't right know now. why they're porting that. It's a year-old game. Hey, there you go. All right. So yeah, I don't know why they're they're porting a year old game to uh, Wii U, but you know, hey, I guess. Um, I think. And there's... you're gonna be able, you're gonna see equivalent graphics. The only problem that I have with that is that in the next two or three years, whenever um, whenever PS3 and 360 sort of come out with their new consoles, I wonder if they're gonna up the the graphical or the the, the graphics on each of the consoles. It seems like that's what they do every year. Um, last year, Nintendo didn't do that so much, and it sort of worked out for them. So I'm wondering how Sony and Microsoft are going to do that, and whether or not the Wii U is going to stay relevant um, after those consoles
1: come out. Well, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about because if if Sony and Microsoft both have uh, say announced say say uh, hypothetically like next year at E3, they announce their new systems, and you know they show off the capabilities of it, they show off like you know, high PC quality capabilities, or, or you know, whatever uh, powerful engine they can run and stuff on it. It's it's also going to be established that that's also going to be the standard. That's gonna that it can only go up from there. Like whatever ne- new engines are coming out for the next five years, whatever new games are going to come out are going to look better and better and better. And if if that's the case, then that means that the Wii U is going to start lagging behind in some ways because. They can only catch up so far. So yeah, they can play Black Ops now. They can play Assassin's Creed Three now. But in two years, when uh, the say the the, the new the P- Xbox Seven Twenty has been established or the PS Four, they've they've come out and then they've got you know a bunch of new games coming out for it. The new the new Black Ops or the new Call of Duty or the new Halo. You know what happens when those games can't be supported on the on the Wii U because it just doesn't have the capabilities to it.
0: Yeah, I'm also wondering how they're going to do that. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be worthwhile for developers to try to scale down the graphics and port it again, because it's the sort of problem that they had with the Wii on this generation. I mean, you saw games like Assassin's Creed just did not come to the Wii because, they, I mean, it couldn't. It was just too much work and not enough reward.
1: Yeah. I think that Bayonetta is going to be a fun choice. I think that Bayonetta is a good choice in that it's a game that people know about, and it's a fun game that a lot of people like, I think. And... It'll be a test because if they can improve the graphics and the Wii U can show off that yes, this is a new game and we can play this and it looks really good, then I think people will have more faith in buying the game and establishing it. Because I, I think I can, I think it's safe to say that people who have a Wii use it for Netflix. People who have a Wii use it for Netflix or a Hulu Plus and play games on it, but I would say that it's not their main system. You know, they have they probably have a PS4, PS3, or an Xbox 360 sitting in there. Uh, sitting, or PS2 or something, sitting in there, um, you know, next to it, saying, okay, well, it was fun watching Hulu, or it was fun playing Scarred Sword. Now I'm going to go play Mass Effect or Call of Duty or Halo.
0: Yeah. Um, now, what it looks like to me, I, I'm, I'm actually looking at the titles now. Uh, what they're saying for the for the launch date, the day that the console launches, these are the games that are going to be out, 100% for sure. Assassin's Creed 3, Darksiders 2, Epic Mickey 2, uh, ESPN Sports Connection, FIFA 13, Game Party Champions, blah. Uh, Just Dance 4, blah. Uh, Madden NFL, New Super Mario Bros., U Nintendo Land, Rabbids Land, Scrib- Scribble Knots Unlimited, gonna pre order that and buy that and get a review on that for sure, because I of Scribble Knots. Sing Party, Sonic uh, Sonic All Stars Racing Transform, blah. Tank, 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 interesting title. Uh, Your Shape Fitness of All 2013, and Zombie U.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of games. Like, and that those, and also games on that list are also games that I would want to play. Um, Zombie U, uh, Rayman Legends, Scribblenauts Unlimited, Epic Mickey Two, uh, Assassin's Creed Three. I mean, there are a lot of things that are on there that I would like to play. And then there are also games on there that obviously are geared toward a more casual audience. So. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, there's also, I guess, Toki Tori 2, which was a PC game that I played, uh, which was inside of the uh, potato sack games for Portal 2. Uh, I mean, I'm just noting off some some notable ones. Uh, trying 2 Director's Cut I think is going to be good as well um black ops 2 i'm wondering what they're going to do with the with the what is it the the gamepad there because i know yeah. that the wii u is placing a lot of emphasis on doing asymmetric gameplay they have a few of those uh, a few of those demos which actually look kind of cool um small mini games i think that are going to be nintendo land um or maybe just bundled with the console but it's the Excuse me, it seems to me like they're placing um, an emphasis on asymmetric gaming so that people can play the same game but they can play it differently. And that seems yeah. kind of neat.
1: They did show off, I think there's one trailer video of, of them using the Wii U where you had one dude playing on the controller and then another guy playing on the screen. I, I wasn't sure if that, I don't know if I remember if I saw that or not. Uh, I think it might have been like a screenshot. Um,
0: yeah. There was, there was one game in which I think you're a ghost. The person with the gamepad is a ghost, and the other four are looking around with flashlights trying to find the ghost. So the person with the ghost can, like, like you don't see them on the screen, but he sees everybody on the gamepad, and he can do sort of actions, and he's oh. trying to scare all the players to death, no, I
1: think. No, I, I was talking about Black Ops.
0: Oh, uh, Black I, Ops. I yeah, I don't know I about
1: thought, that. I saw, I swear I thought I saw a screenshot of, like, you had one, uh, somebody playing Black Ops on their gamepad, and if you could, Ooh. I would say that if you could play, if you could play something on the gamepad, play Assassin's Creed 3 or Black Ops Two on the gamepad, and they could stream that data to it, then that would be a really big plus of being able to say, oh, you could play with the the the, the pro controller um, on the screen, and you could also play on the gamepad. I think that'd be some some very interesting elements of what you could go with that
0: yeah and it looks like uh the rest of the titles that are going to be worthwhile game and wario i think is probably going to be good pikmin 3 um no 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 and tekken and tag tournament 2 eh, maybe uh, uh wipe, wipe out 3 is also coming and we fit you because for every mom out there that wants to fit we, we. got it yeah and the Wonderful 100 actually looks really good, too. Um, I, I didn't pay that uh, t- a title enough attention in E3, but it's actually pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, and it, it actually looks like um, we're getting in news from Tokyo Game Show. Uh, Tokyo Game Show is supposed to be starting later on this week, but we're getting in some sort of some pre-news, um, not actually from the floor, but things that have already been announced. Uh, what it looks like is... Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance is going to be leading uh, Konami's TGS 2012 lineup, Um, so they're going to be placing a lot of emphasis on that. We're not going to be able to see the Ground Zeroes game that they just announced, but uh, I think Revengeance is probably going to be uh, more than people want. Um, I think, uh, let's see, Sony is going to be demoing PS3 games with head-mounted 3D displays, which I don't know why, Um, I guess for the... uh, to To capitalize on uh, the Oculus Rift, that's probably something they're trying to do. I will uh, see what
1: happens with that one.
0: Street Fighter X Tekken, Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, oh God! And they're rebooting Final Fantasy 14, and they're showing it off at TGS. So,
1: Final oh. Fantasy 14:
0: A Realm Reborn.
1: Oh man! And are they still doing another 13 game of Lightning? The like the end of the Lightning yeah. story. Yeah, if what I'm not mistaken it was doing? something
0: like Final Fantasy 13 Lightning Returns, something about gods, I don't remember.
1: What is what is Phoenix doing? Why are they not capitalizing on all the other IPs that they
0: have? Well, here's why because as as much as okay, so you and I and a lot of other like hardcore Square Enix fans, we know that Final Fantasy 13 and the spin-off games are garbage. We know that. Yeah. Um the problem is data doesn't show that. Because tons of people buy the game still. I mean, yeah. even if they buy the games and they hate it, they still bought it. So what? Square Enix—they're looking at their balance sheet and they're saying, "Oh, we got a lot of money because of Final Fantasy 13. Why don't we milk it?" But
1: yeah, milk, milk the heck out of it. Yeah, I guess I can see that. It's—it's uh, it's unfortunate
0: bad, because I mean, I, I really wish that we had some better storytelling and better game design. But I mean, you know, hey, if if they're going to make a, a quick buck off of it, you know, whatever. Yeah, I
1: agree. <laughs> um so let's see what else is there i guess we should could we should we introduce the the newest member
0: yeah so um joining our crew now um i'm very proud to announce uh if you read the if you read and listened to the sleeping dogs review which by the way it was incredible it was incredible. Uh, <laughs> then you will know that uh that ben has joined our crew so ben welcome I'm, i would clap but i'm holding down my push to talk button as am
1: i
2: Good evening, gentlemen. How are
0: you? <laughs> Runaway, away. Run away day.
2: That's how I am.
0: Yeah. You're really
2: good at that, by
1: you the way. You really are good at that.
2: I try. I really try. Now... I'm going to jump in real quick because I've been listening and I've been biting my tongue on some things, but I'm going to really quickly just lightning round a few things off. Bayonet is an exclusive was a terrible idea because it's going to piss fans off more than it's going to bring fans to the console. And yeah, it's wonderful that they're able to play games like Assassin's Creed 3 now, except it's going to be playable on the same hardware that was available since 2006. Uh, yep. So... Oh, yeah, that's great that you've caught up now, but it's because all the runners have went, we finished the race a long time ago. Thanks for finally crossing the finish line, but there's another race about to start, and we've had six years to, to rest and recuperate. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. I think it's them going, hey, guys, look, we're at the same point. And I I know there was an interview that they did with um Reggie recently where there's, they asked, you know, is he going to be able to, Keep up with other systems and their uh, their their next gen systems, and he just kind of laughed. He's like, "Well, they don't have information out about their next gen systems yet, so uh, uh, you know, uh, as far as I know, we'll be ahead of the line until then." Well, yeah, of course you're going to be ahead of the line, but then most likely next year they're going to come out with stuff, and I mean, we know Nintendo. If they're doing something with Bayonetta, they're probably going to do something that's gimmicky with the the Wii U pad that they've came oh, out yeah. with and it's it's going to take a game that could be enjoyable and suddenly turn it into something that's just annoying. I mean, I I've, I've played a lot of those games where Wii does their own version and I I I throw down the controller and I go, "No, speak this and move over back to a different system." You know, I'll, I'll go back to to normal console gaming with uh, you know, PS3 or Xbox 360 or even You know, PC with uh, Steam now coming out with their platform. Um, You know, I just, I think that Nintendo still, this is hardware that matches muster, uh, oh, stop. Um, You know, this is, this matches muster of, again, a system that came out in, uh, Xbox 360 came out in 06, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, it did.
0: Um, I think Xbox 360 came out in 2000, late 2005, I want to say, because I know that I was sitting out in the cold for pre-orders in 2006 for the Wii and PS3.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Because uh, Halo: Modern Warfare came out in 07, right? It was, it was, Something was, like that. It was, it was between it was between Halo 2 and 3, because 3 didn't come out till 08, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean they, they just I don't know. I'm not really happy with this
2: system. I think that they're coming out with technology that again, uh the PS th- uh the PS three came out in oh seven, either oh six or oh seven, I forget. I think it was oh seven. Yeah, it was um, in the
1: weekend at the same time.
2: Yeah. So yeah. They, they came out with this technology in 07, and I believe the PS3 still beats it in almost every single way with tech specs. Um, the Xbox 360 is at least on par, so they're selling us the equivalency of an Xbox 360 with what I hoped for the longest time would be... like th- They had some redeeming things. When they announced it at E3, they didn't tell everybody, oh, you can only use one gamepad. Everybody else is using Wiimote. Wiimotes aren't included, and I believe it needs the Wii Motion Plus to make it work properly. So if you're wanting to get all four, you know, a, a Wii U with no prior attachments or anything, again, you're looking at, okay, maybe they have the uh, capability of using two of those controllers. So it's $300 for that, and we're going to estimate it's probably $150. And that's that's if you get the base model, 350 if you get the best one um so we'll go with that one 350 for the best one 150 if you get a second pad that's not including any wimotes now you add on the four Wiimotes with wimotion plus that's another 200 i mean it's it's ridiculous that they're going to do that plus of course god knows they're probably going to come out with another fitness board that many games need to
1: play um and they also announced just... the pro controller that's probably going to be a good 30 which is an attachment onto the Wiimote.
2: Yeah, so I mean just all these all these different things that they're coming out with are great, but it feels like they're gonna keep looking at it and going, No, we need to push this more, we need to do this more. It was it was almost what Microsoft did with the Connect. Uh and, and we see exactly how that worked out for them. You know, Connect was the big thing that they pushed a year and a half ago uh at that E3 and it, it died. You know, the Connect is still kind of there, but um uh, PlayStation, uh, the, the motion... Yeah, the play, Move. That's completely move? dead. Well, yeah, the, on the, the topic Move
1: of, is dead. Uh, on the topic what? of Connect, they did announce uh, uh, a new patent. I think I saw something about that. Yeah, um, they,
0: they've patented and talked about uh, a Connect 2 for the next uh, generation that does a lot more accurate tracking that can track you when you sit down, which is uh, like a thing that you kind of need, I think, if you're like having a game console.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, what what I think is that, of course, Nintendo is going to nickel and dime us for every peripheral, um, and of course, they are way behind in hardware. I think for the first probably two years, they're going to be able to keep up up until Microsoft and uh, Sony go ahead and do their whatever, and uh, then that's whenever we're going to see the big gap coming. And the the craziest thing is that they're going to be selling this hardware for three hundred dollars, three hundred and fifty dollars. And unfortunately, you know, all of this stuff is really cheap. So now, you know, they're going to be making money immediately off of this console. I can almost guarantee you that if you took a look at their build of materials, it's probably under $300. So they're going to be selling it to make a profit. And uh, and as a result, we're going to be getting, you know, hardware that I could have picked up probably three years ago at Fry's thrown together for under, you know, 200 bucks and have an actual PC that runs Portal 2. Unfortunately, um, that's that's sort of what they're presenting to us. I'm sad about that, but at the same time, I'm glad that they're trying to do something different. At the very least, it's not you know, another console with another, you know, with more controllers and blah. And it seems like everybody is trying to struggle and get new ideas. Um, And I don't know that the gamepad is necessarily a good way to go, but it certainly is a way. So, I mean, at the very least, I'm excited about that. I'm going to reserve, you know, judgment until until i actually play everything especially bayonetta 2 i mean as excited as, as i am about the game i definitely am wary because i played bayonetta uh, one on i think ps3 and it was incredible uh the things that they got away with and sort of uh the crossing of the of the moral line that they did and the, the, like riding that edge very finely i don't think that's something that uh nintendo is going to allow them to do um but i'll, I'll be interested to see what uh, whether or not that's true
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, I think I'm also gonna reserve judgment on how it, how it fares. Especially, I think I'm also gonna be waiting for them to announce their first party, bigger titles, like a new Metroid or a Zelda. Um, I'm tired of Mario. Pikmin Three is gonna be out with it, I think. Yeah,
0: so, I'm pretty sure. By the way, that um. That we're only going to get one Zelda in this console generation, which is sad. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they... Somebody leaked that um, Nintendo, instead of, like, updating the graphics or going, like, oh, yeah, we're going to make it so that it's, like, uh, it's, you know, like Twilight Princess. It's all dark and and adult, or it's going to be like this with this cool art style. They're just going to use the same art style from... uh, from Skyward Sword, which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but I just want them... If they could just make your companion in the game not hold your hand and slap
1: yeah. you in the face with information every 20 seconds, I'm going to be really happy about that. See, the frustrating part that I hear about those statements is that you don't have to make it like Twilight Princess and Dark to have it to have the graphics look better. Like, just because... Like, Twilight Princess was a, was a darker story, yes, but the graphics were incredible. And the colors they used were nice. If they went, they didn't have they. They could use an art style that's similar to Skyward Sword, but you could still use graphics that look HD, that look like like an eight like look nice when you put an HDMI cable plugged into it. You know, I I think that you know you don't have to have dark style, a a dark art style just to have nice graphics.
0: I agree, but it's just it's just so cool. You know, like like at the very least, if you take a, if I mean enjoyability and, you know, polish on the game and how nice it is, you can you can measure all those different things between all the different Zeldas and get 20 different answers from 100 different fans. Um, But I think if you were to ask anybody which one was sort of the coolest Zelda, you're probably going to come up with Wind Waker, uh, Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess. I mean, just because that was that was the sort of feel that they gave to it. This is sort of a... This is a cool kind of game to play.
2: Really? Wind Waker over uh,
0: Majora's Mask? I don't actually like Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask had the exact same art style as Ocarina of Time. And, I, I mean, I, I'll admit... I have a whole bunch of bias against it because there's one glitch in the very beginning of the game where if you don't talk to the mask Salesman, if you instead try to open the door or something behind the mask Salesman, it won't open. But whenever you go to go talk to the mask Salesman, everything proceeds as normal until the very end. Once you get to the very end where you're supposed to play the Song of Time and the moon goes up, it doesn't go up. You can't activate the Song of Time. So I ended up playing that beginning section of the game, you know, for two hours or whatever, you know, I'm screwing around trying to find stuff in town, find the kids or whatever. And I get to that very end and all of a sudden I have to restart the entire game. That happened to me not once whenever I played it the first time, but twice because like I couldn't figure out what I did the first time. And then... Whenever I was older, I was like, okay, well, I've got this Master Quest CD. I may as well, you know, throw it in and play, or maybe it wasn't Master Quest. It was some sort of disc that had uh, Majora's Mask on it, but I was like, I may as well go back and play it again. And sure enough, I got to the exact same spot, had the exact same glitch, and still hate the game. Um, uh, well, don't, said, blame, know... don't blame the game because you suck at video games. I mean, if, if <laughs> hey, that was that, bad design. It was a glitch in the game. I just, I happened twice? to go around the mask salesman. And I shouldn't have like had the game broken because I didn't choose to do the thing the game wanted me to do first. Look, I, th-
2: the game, honestly, the game fooled you once, shame on it. The game fooled you twice. Shame on you, sir. Hey shame I didn't you. know I didn't know
0: what it was. That was before I knew that there was such a thing as game facts. Like I didn't even know that there were video game that there were websites that covered video game news until I was in college, okay? I'm not a very bright man.
2: So then, when there's somebody that's standing there staring at you creepily, don't run past him and just try to go outside. But he's think, creepy. Well,
1: I think it's a fair point to say that Wind Waker did inspire an entire like series of of games because True. it was very popular, and it also inspired um, a change in how they dealt with video games because Phantom Hourglass on the DS was really good. Spirit Tracks not so much, but like they came out the Four Swords Adventures on the GameCube as well. So I think that. I, I tend to agree with Jay, uh, with Colby a little bit in that when you talk about like the, the three most at least impactful or you know, the, the three games that people will probably rem- remember the most in another year or so it would probably be Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, and Ocarina of Time, because those three games were milestones.
0: As far as being memorable, no. I I mean, I've already seen evidence to the contrary. I mean, Majora's Mask is definitely one of those three. It's one of those games that a lot of people love. Um, A lot of people like the mask stuff. Uh, I mean, like I said, I've got a whole bunch of, of personal bias against it. I don't personally like it, and that's fine. I can still recognize that it's a pretty good game. There was also a point at which... I started off at the beginning of the day and I went through a temple and I could not beat the final boss because I had to run back, play the song of time and go spawn again and then run all the way back to the temple and try to beat the boss again. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, you know, there were, there were parts about the game that were really annoying, probably because I'm bad at games, which (laughs) is fine. Okay. I admit it, but still, I mean, I think, um, I think whenever, I, I, I mean, whenever I played wind waker, I think the moment that really got me the most is whenever, uh, you go to the Temple of Time, and then you go under the sea, and you're in the bubble that yeah. Hyrule is in. That is the moment in which I was like, oh my god, this game isn't just a stupid, silly, kitty piece of crap. This is this
1: is real. This, like, things just got serious. Yeah. Also, as a side note, Majora's Mask had the coolest looking version of Link in the entire game. What? Oh, oh, Fierce Stevie Steady Link, yeah. I mean, that was probably going to be one of the coolest links I've ever seen. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. But,
2: I guess, still. I guess my biggest issue with Wind Waker, and it, again, personal bias on this, I feel like Zelda is one of their few IPs that are more for serious gamers. You know, since uh, A Link to the Past, it's always been a game that had some amazing storytelling and some very dark storytelling at that. But, when they went with wind waker and i mean considering that came after both majora's mask which is very dark and uh ocarina of time which was very very dark it was kind of depressing to see them go to an art style that almost felt like the game didn't take itself seriously you know it, it had some great storytelling but i i think it it just kind of lost its way because of that um, and and they sit there and and tout it as a great success I think it could have been a lot more successful if they wouldn't have tried to innovate it and made it more accessible because now it's now it's cute and it looks animated and kids love animated things and uh, that was during the point where they were really trying to reach out to more, uh, of the younger audience and and kept continually going, oh, we're going to reach out to Core Gamers. We have a new Zelda game. It looks like a cartoon that you saw from the 80s, but we've got a new Zelda game coming out. So it, I don't know. I, I don't like the way that they went about it. I, I think that they could have done a lot better with it. Um, I, I think that it could have been an amazing story, but it would have been a much better gameplay um, if... Uh, if it would have actually been as visually beautiful as it was story wise beautiful
0: yeah i mean i i can sort of agree with you on that i i think i think what was more detrimental to the series as far as we want to make this accessible to core gamers um and and or we want to make this accessible to, to more people while still appealing to core gamers was, uh, Skyward Sword. Don't get me wrong, Skyward Sword is my favorite uh, Legend of Zelda. I know that's not a very popular opinion, but I, I I like it a lot. I love the story, and that's why I play games. But uh, the problem that Skyward Sword had was fee. Fee just kept talking about how to go do this please go do that you need to go over here go do this go flip the switch and there was so much that wasn't needed because they were afraid that they were going to miss somebody that somebody was going to pick up the game and they were going to be running around doing whatever they wanted to do and then they'd say well i don't really know what to do this game's stupid and then stop playing and then they've lost a customer um I think I think that was a lot more detrimental than having, you know, the sort of cartoony uh, Wind Waker, but still, you know, have have the cra- crazy intense story, by the way, which was I mean, by the end of the game, you know, you're talking to the, the king of Hyrule and he's like, you know what, I would rather sink myself and Ganon down here than allow him to roam the earth anymore. I'm like,
2: oh, jeez. So, for those of you that haven't played Wind Waker, congratulations, you now know what happens at the end. Oh, come on, the game's like 10 years
0: old. That's like saying, oh my god, I totally spoiled Harry Potter for everybody. My bad, Dumbledore dies.
2: And he's gay.
0: <laughs> Andy's yeah, which, gay. by the way, sweet.
2: Uh, so, with with that in consideration, I, I think um, the, biggest, the biggest downward fall with Skyward Sword is that's at the point where Nintendo was... Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's been out for a while. Uh, GameCube was out in like, oh, one? Yeah. It was out early, because it was still when I was in high school. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, you know, with, with that, Nintendo has gotten on this kick where it wants to basically hold the hand of every Because they, they, they think that they need to bring in new gamers. When gamers have existed for so long that... Again, I know 12-year-old kids that can play games as good as any of us that grew up with it because now it's all around them. We're not new to gaming. This isn't something that's new. They're not present. I, I know how to flip a damn switch. I know how to 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 run over and kill something. I have a pretty good idea of how to play this game. And I could hand it to somebody who's never played a video game and they could go, really, he's telling me I need to flip a switch? Really? Really? This, yeah. is, this is dumb. So, um, I mean, and again, that's at the same point that Nintendo also released um, the Mario game that would finish the level for you if you couldn't beat it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So Nintendo has this, this thing where they take a lot of their first-party games and go, we need to try the same things for everything. Um, and I think they released Super Mario Sunshine around the same time they released um, uh, Wind Waker. And that was at a point where they wanted everything to be bright and cheerful, and because uh, because all these systems were doing very deep and dark games. Um, you know, the Xbox had just recently came out, and you would Halo. see things like uh, Halo or uh, Max Payne had just came on the scene. Oh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto oh, Three. Yeah, yeah okay. um, all these very deep and dark games that were meant to be gritty, and they went, "No, we need to stand out and be the bright, happy, sunshiny person." And the system really came off like. It was that person that doesn't need caffeine to be naturally energetic. The kind of person you want to punch in the face because it's 8 o'clock on a Monday and... Good morning! How's everybody doing? It's bright, shiny day! and <laughs> oh.
0: Just let me sit and stew. Please, please just let me sit and stew. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, before, before we continue talking about how um, how awesome slash awful Zelda is. Um, I say we move on real quick to touch on Ace Attorney 5, which just got announced. Yeah. Um, much to my happiness. I'm
2: really excited about it. Uh, It'll never so come overseas. That's not true. They've already announced that it's going to. Yeah, they also announced that Phoenix Wright was going to be in the original Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, that's true, but he's in this one. He's in 3. Yeah. So
0: there you go. And apparently they're also dubbing the movie. So that's neat. No, wow, um, that is neat. Um, so Ace Attorney five, uh, you remember how at the end of Ace Attorney four, uh, Phoenix was like, yeah, Apollo, it's your story now. Uh, and then in this one, he's like, at JK. Um, so yeah, so basically now we're up to, uh, now we're up to, um, Phoenix being, uh, in the courtroom. He's, uh, he's wearing a vest. He's got a pocket watch and the court looks okay. Uh, the court looks great. Um, the thing that looks insanely good, actually, is the um, are the sprites because they're no longer pixelated Game Boy Advance sprites or you know DS sprites that have been sort of like up- upscaled. They're actually doing three D type models of it, like um, like the things that you saw inside uh, Leighton versus Wright. It's really cool.
2: I like um, that. Speaking i wonder a, if speaking of another game that i don't believe they're ever going to release over here oh yeah yeah
0: I, i'm i really w- i really hope that they do um if not i've been i've been thinking on like uh like starting a kickstarter to put together a company that specifically localizes one game um and just picking a game that i think we can break even on and doing it um i'm pretty sure that we would lose money but still that would be
1: neato well, I mean, with with Nino Cooney being announced to be come over here and Ace Attorney Five, I think comp, game companies, um, I guess Level Five and then Atlas. Yep. Uh, I think they're recognizing the fact that Level Five
0: and Capcom. Capcom, Capcom does Ace Attorney. Yeah, right, that's so. why. That's actually why I'm worried. Um, because, because Capcom yeah. is notorious for being like, oh. There's not enough buzz around this game. Well, we're just going to keep it over here then if you don't
1: care about it. Uh, but I think there's, there's been a lot of in- increased amount of care. Like, people have shown that we care enough, like Nino Kuni for Ace Attorney, for translations and things that, come, that n- normally would probably stay overseas. I think there's been enough. Uh, um showing of caring so of so just people telling you they've shown they've bought things they've imported things they've bought a lot of things spent a lot of money and so hopefully this will change this this kind of increase in tra- in a westernization or translating at least or localizing is going to keep going we can do more, you know more things like final mixes for example kingdom hearts Well, I mean, even, like, even taking those out of the equation, if you just look at
0: Xenoblade and Last Story, I mean, that's a perfect example right there. People started posting YouTube videos and making giant threads and sending in letters, and all of a sudden, uh, there was a really weird deal announced with Xenoblade in that it was coming out specifically to GameStop, so apparently GameStop was in a deal, but still, I mean, they came out with the game after enough people cried about it, Um, so I mean... I don't know. That was a Nintendo thing to do. Is
2: that going to be something that we have to do all the time? God, I I hope not. These are companies that have existed for 25, 30 years. At what point do you not go hey, there's a call for this, and people have to actually you know, stand up and hands across the nation until finally change is made. It, it was stupid that it, it should have even gotten to that point. When there was enough people that signed a petition, they had a petition for uh last story of over hundred, uh, 100,000 signatures. That right there should have been enough for them to go, yeah, we can localize. But no, yeah. they ended up having to wait for other people to, uh, I saw one video where this guy with, a very amazing voice, and I, I say that because if you can pull it from that, then you know exactly which one I'm talking about. He's like, I have $600 in my hand. Here's this game that you won't localize that I would pay for. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And he puts all the money out and goes, I want to give you this money. You won't let me. Uh, I, and I, I think that it would be great to just have some companies that do nothing but Localized games—it's you know where a company could just go. Look, we've released our game over here. We don't want to deal with an in-house localization, but there's a call for it here, and and can work something like that. And and sadly, for some reason, the bigger companies don't want to waste the time. They don't want to take the time and 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 do that. And it takes a, a public outcry before something as simple as a translation of a game happens. Something that so many other games get without even a consideration. Yep.
0: I, and I think I think that's kind of ridiculous. Um I really hope that it doesn't come to that especially with Ace Attorney. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Ace Attorney fans that are really angry uh that I mean that would be really angry and that would be really outspoken, but I don't think that there's enough for people to say for for a large company to take notice. I mean, I know that we have um, we have a whole bunch of fans that are like, well, you know, I I know that I can do uh, can pay the money. I'll even pay a premium for it. But I mean, if they only get you know twenty thousand people that are like, well, I really I really want to see this game, then they're not going to do it. That's really sad. I really hope that they stick to their word. I mean, obviously, you can't really trust somebody's word these days, especially you know. Uh, I, I think I think the last time that I trusted what a company said um, to be absolutely true was whenever Square Enix said that Final Fantasy XIII was going to be a uh, a PS3 exclusive, and then they lied.
2: Well, liars. No, actually they didn't because originally when they announced that it was going to be that that was what it was. Uh, Square uh, made an announcement on that, or they were inter- there was an interview uh, where they basically said. Because of PS3 being uh, so difficult to produce for, at the point that we were at, we realized we would lose money if we continued making this game and release it as an exclusive. We could not uh, we could not take the hit that we would have taken um, from uh, from just keeping it exclusive. So that's the reason why they moved over to 360. Is because again, the the cost of making it happen. Was far too great for them. Um, and it was, it was sad. Uh, it was really sad to see that being what it was. But at the same time, it was a good idea. You know, uh, Sony tried holding on to an exclusivity and then made it very difficult to produce for their own system. That's why they don't have a lot of third party games. And a lot of their games are very graphics intense. Because if they didn't have the money for it, you're not going to see what you saw on, uh, was far easier to produce for them
0: yeah
2: uh, and i mean that's
0: completely i think sony's
2: fault i can i can
0: recognize that but the same but at the same time i mean they said this is going to be this is going to be an exclusive thing and it wasn't and that's all i saw and so since then i've been like okay yeah well capcom says that they're going to be making megaland legends 3 well let's see how that happens oh okay it didn't happen well didn't you know didn't expect anything anyways so that's fine um, I mean, it's unfortunate that things, you know, are like that, but I mean, you know, whatever business is business and you know, it's not my place to say whether they're doing good business or not, especially since I'm not a businessman. So I think the well, last topic that we have for tonight are, uh, Android gaming consoles. There's specifically, there are two now. Um, there's one, a home gaming console called Ouya. Uya uh, was a Kickstarter project that raised, uh, up upwards of, I think, $8 million, for their consoles um I, I know that i was one of the people that backed it uh they're coming out with a home yep, console right they're coming out with a home console for android uh, that you can play on your tv it has its own controller and everything it has connectivity to the android market uh li- i think it's limited but yeah i mean you get the point um, and they also have there's something called the WikiPad. the WikiPad is uh essentially a tablet with some controller stuff around it Um, and it looks, it looks pretty nice. Um, you know, I, the only thing that I'm wondering about with both, because I think both offer a pretty open alternative. So if somebody like me wants to make a game, which I do, uh, and they want to make it and say something like Unity, which works on Android, which I do, uh, then, you know, this is the best chance that you're going to get to produce something for a home console, um that still works for mobile platforms so if you want to make a mobile game you know that that's where the money is as far as making small sort of innovative kind of games um and you don't have the marketing for it i think having it on a home console your best shot is going to be either the Wikipad or um or the ouya um so i'm wondering what you guys think about that what do you guys think about the games that are going to be coming out and, and sort of what the challenges uh, that could be presented
2: with these companies okay i'll uh I'll be honest, I have been a massive fan of uh, Android specifically uh, and the way that they do gaming. There are countless games that have came out for Android as of late that are,, uh, to me, honestly, better than most console games. Um, I'm, I'm huge into uh, simulation and strategy type games. So there's a company called Kairosoft that releases a lot of games that are specifically that. Uh, they release Game Developer Story and uh, that I've probably put at least 80-90 hours into. Um, and every two months they release a new game because it's easier to produce. Um, and for you can get the games for like 3-4 bucks. So for 3 to $4, I'm able to purchase a game that I'm well, well past uh, any other game that I could buy on a console getting a lot of playtime out of. Um, and there's, there's so many other fantastic games on uh, the Android market um, that I could see even iPhone moving over to uh, – like iPhone app creators, uh, like what is it called? Infinity Blade. Moving yeah. over to yep. uh, Android and doing things like that, and yeah, I think it's an absolutely uh, fantastic idea. I hope that they keep the same price structure because I would, I would honestly much rather turn around and see a company that goes, "Look, uh, here's my game for three bucks. It's uh, you know, you'll get forty hours out of it. We don't have to worry about paying a lot of people because our dev team was only three to four people. Um, but those three bucks sell." Uh, five million copies, you get fifteen million for a game that you maybe put a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars into, uh, and you'll see more things like Braid, uh, and you'll see um, Limbo and other games like that. And Android is so easy to update on. I mean, have you have you heard how much it costs to update? anything update or patch anything on xbox 360
0: yeah i mean i've heard from developers specifically that that say listen we'd really like to especially uh minecraft they're like we'd really like to update the game more but it costs thousands of dollars to push an update
1: yeah
2: i i believe the statement that was made was it can cost up to fifty thousand dollars for an indie game to update um and then you have to consider that the games have to be more expensive there because they take a much larger commission, and then they have to play test it to verify that it can work on their network, and then they may not even accept the game, and then this, and then that, and then I mean, there's, there's so many steps to doing that, whereas with Android, it's like, put it up, does it work? Okay. Cool. There you go. You want to update it? Go ahead. Update it. They they're they're very hands off, and uh, which is why I'm glad that Apple's doing. I'm not Apple. Uh, Android's doing it because Apple. Uh, well, Apple. yeah. I mean,
0: so so I've created apps, right? I've created an app for uh, for all three of the major platforms, um, but it's only been released for two because I submitted my application to the Apple to, to Apple, and uh, they went ahead and sent me an email back, and they were like, yeah you basically, to paraphrase, your app is stupid and it adds no value, so we're not going to release it on our market. So, I mean, if I was to paraphrase that even further, I don't like your app, so I'm not going to put it up. Which is fine, because, um, I mean, the app that I made definitely did add no value to their market, but still... Uh, the, the fact that somebody, if even if like one of their app reviewers is having a bad day, can just be like, you know what? No, I really don't like this. In fact, I think this doesn't belong in our market ever. And so, you know, you get the rejection that you can put in your appeal, but it's only if it's like a really, really good reason. And I mean, the fact that they even have any of that is bad. And Windows does the exact same thing, although they let my app through. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they had the same thing about about doing quality control by saying, "Okay, we're going to review everything, which I I think for – I think if they just review it to be like, "Okay, this doesn't run any malicious code, done. We can push it. That's fine. But to review it and judge it based off of its content and say, we don't believe our, our constituents want this. We don't believe that the people that own our platform want your product. Well, you don't know that. And that's why I like Android a lot, because, I mean, you can, I mean, I, I finished Yadog, yeah, I finished it, I pushed it out to Android that day. Uh, I, there wasn't any waiting, there wasn't any applying for anything. I just, I purchased uh, my developer kit, which was, you know, uh, something that turned on in my Google account. That was it. I was done. I mean, I can I can check everything now. If I wanted to, and I have, I pushed three updates to it so far, and all of them just showed up instantaneously. Done. I mean that—that's it. That's fantastic, especially
1: for game developers. Yeah, I well, think. Into, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think that the fact that they're pricing it so aggressively and is a good is is going to put their console uh, at a very cost-effective kind of way. In in, in the fact that um, people can look at the console and you can they can either advertise it saying this is the console for everybody to to play with. Um, not to play on. Like I, That's what I look at Android, and the difference between like Android and Apple, um, and even Microsoft in a lot of ways, is that you buy a console, you play games on that console. With the Ouya, I look, at, I look at that saying, I want to play with that. I want to toy with it. You want to experiment and see what you can do with it, which is good. And I think that the fact that people, you can, you can get that for somebody, or you can get that for yourself. You can take it home. You can figure out what does and does not go. Emulators, videos, streaming, internet, whatever. The fact that it's it's a it's a console, and it's a platform that um, uh, welcomes experimentation is going to make it very popular. Uh, like make it make it a very um, like word of mouth kind of popular thing, just like Minecraft was. Yep,
0: I agree. I mean, I think. And I think indie games like that are going to be uh, the Uya's best friend. I mean, they're going to be oh, ha- yeah. they're going to have uh, what is it? I think net did they announce Netflix? They may have announced Netflix, but I know they announced yeah. uh, some third party apps that they're going to be supporting, and that's fine. But I think what's really going to push them over the edge are a big developers porting some of their games to Uya, which I know that Final Fantasy III is already being ported by uh, Square Enix to Uya, and uh, being able to do. Uh, being able to do, I think, the indie games that are that are sort of um, that are sort of cropping up that may or may not be better quality than than console games. And I I know certainly there are some games that I like to play more on my mobile platform uh, than I do on my console for sure. Um, and Cupcake has made the request that we uh, that we pronounce Ouya like Randy Savage. So I guess I guess uh, we'll turn that over to Ben because he he knows how to do that best. And then I'll throw in my really awful imitation
2: as well. What you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to get yourself an Android gaming console. And you know what it's called? The Oh Yeah. Oh Yeah! Mm. Well, I, I, I will... I will also admit to, to one thing that I've noticed over the last couple, uh, the last couple of years. Big Corporation is gone. Um, or at least they, they still exist, but it's nowhere near as prominent as it used to be. Um, and it, it got to a point that it, at one point indie developers could work hand-in-hand with the big corporations, the bigger publishers, and could have uh, a foothold in the market just as much as anything else and then the big corporations started you know basically saying oh, we're going to do everything ourselves and they um you know things like Westwood Studios who made uh Command and Conquer got sucked into EA and then dead was gone and yeah they still make Command and Conquer but it's not really Westwood's Command and Conquer which you know they've they've updated it but the first couple iterations of it after EA took it over, weren't really that great, um, and and you you see that it's very difficult for indie people for for at least a decade to really do anything. Uh, you know, Xbox 360 didn't really welcome third party that well, but it was easier than PS3 and wasn't as clunky as the Wii was. Um, or you know, GameCube didn't welcome. Well, GameCube I guess kinda did welcome third party better than uh, the Wii did at the least. But, um, you know, we're looking at – you can look at anything now with uh, music specifically. There are many artists that don't even go through producers. They record everything at a, a small studio, and then they put it out online and go, look, my album's five bucks. I'm not going to sell CDs. You don't have to go out and buy it. But the money comes to me, so I can continue doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, iTunes exists. You can get the music that you want that way. Though I can guarantee most people don't. Well, I'm not going to say that. That's not really fair. Um, I do know a lot of people that still buy music on iTunes. But uh, you know, with with that, I can go to Beatport and find music from producers that I would have had to go to a uh, a CD store. Uh, to, to end up purchasing these things. And even if I only wanted one song, I would have to purchase an entire CD, and then they may only get 50 cents off of each sale. Now they're getting the full $5 when I pay them directly, for the entirety of it. Um, and we're, we're in a market now where a lot of things are available. Things like the Unreal Development Kit are available. So there are a lot of indie games that are being produced using that. Um, you know, the RPG Maker Kit that exists, uh, Unity, uh, Unity. All,
1: these,
2: all these other phenomenal programs are making it accessible where people that grew up with games that have the capability of making games don't need big publishers. They don't need big producers To be successful. And that's exactly what Minecraft was. Minecraft was a very simple idea. That proved. One game can make. Millions upon millions of dollars. Simply because of the fact. That it wasn't pushed through a publisher. And Minecraft. Name one publisher now. That would have ever produced Minecraft. That that would have looked at Minecraft. And went this is stupid. We'll sell it for like five bucks on our, our store. And probably never update it. It would have died. Yeah, the, the only one that I could have seen picking it up was maybe Nintendo. And and for it to be at the point that it is right now, I think that's that's such a, a showing tale of where the market has fluctuated and how people aren't going through big publishers anymore for their biggest games. Again, I've spent countless hours on uh, Android playing indie games that have never seen anything like Ubisoft or EA or... Um, uh I'm trying to think of other big publishers that I can... EA. <laughs> well, yeah, EA. EA is a Activision. good one to stick with. Yeah, Activision's another one. Oh, uh, God, Activision. They, they, never ha- they never even have to bother with it. It's never a consideration of, if a publisher doesn't pick us up, we're screwed. We can't do anything. Now they can just go, look, you don't want to pick it up? Cool. I'll take it over here. Bam. Now, instead of making a dollar per game sold, I could sell it for ten times less than you were going to sell it for and make five times more than you were going to pay me.
1: Yeah.
2: So I, I love that we're in that era right now. I think that's going to completely revolutionize gaming, and seeing that Android has the OOE, um, then that's... I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to see what happens with that. And just the capability, of taking $50 that could go towards a game may last 10, 15 hours with little replayability. I could put that into... 10, 15, maybe even 20 games and have far more out of that, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I, I would be happy to move away from big console to go to that if that's where things start really picking up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: I agree. And with that, I think that concludes our podcast for this month. Uh, so I guess uh, this has been Colby and Ben and Casey, and we will be bidding you all a good month of good gaming. We'll be back, I believe later on this month, actually, uh, probably next week to do a, a recap of Tokyo game show. So I know that particularly Casey doesn't know about that, but he does now. So we'll see you guys probably next week. All right, good night.